Do you want to maximize your success with NCUA? Join Mark Trichel as he shares with you the insider's view on passing your exam with Flying Colors. The With Flying Colors podcast is sponsored by Credit Union Exam Solutions by Mark Trichel. If you would like to work directly with the Credit Union Exam Solutions team and receive support to optimize your results with NCUA so you save time and money, visit us at marktrichel.com to find out more. Hey everyone, this is Mark Treichel with another episode of With Flying Colors. It is 1.57 p.m. Eastern Time, September 21st. The NCUA board had their September meeting a few hours ago. I just got off the phone with a couple client calls, and while it's fresh and what happened at the board meeting, I wanted to record it here. I will publish this uh, next week, either Monday or Tuesday. And I'm going to break this into two different podcasts. The first one will be will be about the share insurance fund briefing. And the second podcast will be about the fintech. They call it a fintech rule, but it relates to more flexibility, specifically on fintechs and indirect lending and eligible obligations. A good rule. So the insurance fund briefing occurs every quarter. And I like it uh, for one particular reason. It's the one time that the NCUA board and NCUA talks about camel codes. Now, camel codes uh, cannot be revealed publicly, uh, but they can be revealed in a way uh, that talks about them in, in gross numbers. And that's why I like this quarterly uh, briefing so much, because you can tell what the trend is for large credit unions in particular is what I like to focus on when I look at the data because that impacts the insurance fund and, and that impacts uh, more of my clients as well. However, in any event, the AML codes are to me the key part of this briefing. And uh, you can see that there has been further deterioration in CAMEL code threes or said another way, uh, there are more large CAMEL code threes today than there were a quarter ago. Matter of fact, uh, they increased at an annualized rate of 125%, but I'll get into that a little bit more. Uh, there are some really interesting takeaways from the actual statements made by staff and the statements made by the board members. So I'm going to uh, queue up some of those and then also give you my thoughts as it relates to that. Before I get to those statements, I want to highlight the key, and, and by the way, uh, the show notes will have a link to the entire uh, presentation, the PowerPoint, but it's slide 10, which is a camel code comparison by asset size, which always catches my attention. So credit unions greater than $500 million in assets. At the end of last uh, March, there were 32 such credit unions. That number increased to 42 at the end of June. So 42 minus 32 is 10 divided by 32 times four equals the 125% increase annualized over that last quarter. But you might say, hey, that isn't reflective of what might have happened over that year. So actually it, it is, and the numbers uh, are, are larger if you look at it that way. So I'm going to run through the one, two, three, four, five. Last six quarters data on the number of credit unions over 500 million that were coded a code three. In March of 22, there were 13 such credit unions. A quarter later, June of 22, there were 12 such credit unions. 
quarter later, September 30th, 2022, that had increased from 12 to 14. And this is where the velocity of the increase in large camel code threes takes off from September of last year to the end of 2022, from September to December 2022, the increase was from 14 to 24. So another 10 large credit unions got downgraded to a camel code three. Next quarter, this, uh, March 31st, 2023, was an increase to 32. So an increase of another eight. And the increase from March to June, so the most current data, is from 32 to 42. So the increase has been from 12 such credit unions in June of 2022 to 42 credit unions in June of 2023. That's an increase of 30. Now, they make it clear that they think this could, might, possibly, may, probably will go up over the next time period. And with that, I'm going to jump to Chairman Todd Harper speaking about the risks in the system right now. Now, let's turn to the warnings things. Economists are forecasting an economic slowdown, although not necessarily a recession, later this year, the lag effects of elevated interest rates take hold. Moreover, the recent downgrade in Moody's credit ratings for several regional banks signals ongoing stress on the financial system's funding and economic prospects. The credit union system is not immune to this financial stress. In fact, the NCUA is seeing rising levels of interest rate and liquidity risk within the system. We also see signs of emergent credit risk, especially among families with increased stressed household budgets and post-pandemic uncertainties in the commercial real estate market. These risks are playing out in rising delinquency rates for various loan types, including auto loans and credit cards, but in the latest publicly available call report data. Financial stress is also reflected in the increasing number of composite Camels Code 3, 4, and 5 credit unions. It's noted on slide 10, assets in Composite Code 3 institutions, Camels Code 3 institutions, increased sizably in the last four, especially among those complex unions with more than $500 million in assets. We have also seen more credit unions fall in Composite Camels Code four and five ratings during the second quarter. The increase in the level of reserves in the share insurance fund for more than $6 million since the last quarter is directly tied to the number of troubled credit unions that we're seeing. The continued levels of high interest rate risk may increase the credit unions' liquidity risks, contribute to asset quality deterioration and capital erosion. can also place uh, pressure on earnings. In fact, several credit unions, including those with more than a billion dollars in assets, already experiencing an impact on performance. Other issues, including the reinstatement of federal student loan repayments, rising costs of property and casualty insurance, and consumers drawing down their last, the last of their pandemic era savings, as inflation erodes the buying power, will affect an already strained household finances going forward. Eugene, if we could pull back up slide uh, 10, I do want us to, to stay focused on this. Based on the trends we are seeing, do you expect the number level of assets in Camel's Code 3s for combined credit units to increase in the coming months? And should we be surprised if they said? All right, Chairman Todd Harper, 
spoke to many risks there, Moody downgrades, recession or slowdown, interest rate risk, liquidity risk, asset quality, capital erosion, credit risk, commercial delinquency, auto delinquency, credit card delinquency, student loans being having to be repaid, property insurance going up, uh, lots of risks that they're worried about. And then he gives a discussion and asks the chief financial officer if he expects these risks to continue, which is where I paused it. I am now going to begin, start it back up so you can hear what the CFO had to say. Considerably over the next six months, especially among our larger credit unions. So the sound quality of the CFO was not that good. And here's my summary of what he said. So, so the... Uh, CFO says the factors that he mentioned, the chairman, indicates they would not be surprised if you see these numbers going up. I'm expecting it to go up throughout the next 12 months would be my guess. Uh, also, on a related note, uh, Chairman Harper also mentioned the fact that there was an increase in a $6 million reserve for losses that they mentioned on another slide. Now, that's because the insurance fund has individual losses that they project when they're looking at the losses to the insurance fund, and then they have one based on camel codes. And so when the camel codes get worse, particularly in bigger credit unions, money gets set aside in reserves. And they're saying there was an increase in $6 million in projected potential losses as it relates to the insurance fund. More questions here from Chairman Harper. Pitching for that sobering insight, all of us should be prepared for deterioration of systems, composite candles ratings later in the year and into next year. I cannot emphasize this enough. Credit union executives, supervisors, boards of directors must remain in this trend by remaining diligent in managing the potential risks on their balance sheets, when monitoring economic conditions, and the interest rate environment. The NCUA, of course, will continue to monitor credit union performance and mitigate risks through examinations, offsite monitoring, and tailored supervision. Again, here Todd is sounding the alarms. They're going to do it via offsite supervision. They're going to supervise via data analysis offsite and examinations. And I can tell you, I'm seeing what they're reporting is what I'm seeing uh, out in credit unions. NCUA is uh not treating anybody with kid gloves they are being quite aggressive as it relates to issues that they find sometimes uh, for good reasons most of the times for good reasons but everybody it seems is getting questioned pretty hard on liquidity and sensitivity and that is bleeding into other areas and it is bleeding into camel codes in general all right, so NCUA's microphones on their recording is not real good and I'm going to mention I'm going to paraphrase what Al Hauptman said. Stood out to me there was the reference to 91% of deposits being insured. Of course, that's a hat tip to Silicon Valley Bank disaster, signature bank disaster that happened in March. And the reality is that the average bank has, I want to say, about 40% uninsured deposits. And what Vice Chair Hauptman is pointing out is that the industry of credit unions has uninsured deposits of only 9%, which is one reason liquidity challenges, even though there are challenges, will never be as challenging as what's going on in the banking arena right now. Altman also brought up the building up of cash to a $4 billion level. But $4 billion in cash, as a reminder, NCUA 
made a decision to build $4 billion in cash so that if there were any large liquidity needs or large failures, that they had the cash available so that they wouldn't have to take a loss on long-term investments. So they've been building towards that. They hit their $4 billion mark. And that's a good thing for NCUA to have that liquidity set aside in the event that there is a catastrophic need for deposits due to a large failure. It doesn't mean there's a failure coming. It means that they're planning that if they have it, they wouldn't have to book a loss, just like you as a credit union have upside down investments. You have unrealized losses. They want to keep any losses as unrealized. So they've built up their cash. The good news is that with those the, the rates that they can get on overnights, that that's helping the insurance fund. All right, that wraps up Vice Chair Houtman. And next, we're going to hear what Board Member Rodney Hood thinks about about what's going on here in the insurance fund and the presentation given the day relative to that. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. And I too want to welcome all of our visitors today and also welcome back our NCUA colleagues. I hope they all had a restful summer. Eugene, thank you as always, you and the Ockville team for your oversight of our national share insurance fund. As I often say, this fund is owned by the credit unions and ultimately the crediting and our owners. These quarterly updates are essential to updating the public and how we are being responsible fiduciaries of this fund. So in that regard, Eugene, I do have a few questions. For the record, I know my fellow boarders, we've all asked numerous questions about the investment policy over the last several years. Did the investment policy itself get updated? So the investment policy itself has not been actually updated. That is obviously something that the board approves uh, and so the current board approved policy which is out on the website is current i think to help clarify the point and related to the discussion so far within that policy the investment committee has the flexibility to identify for example how within the investment policy we should be structuring the portfolio and as mentioned we've put more money into the overnights uh, to build up liquidity uh, but all of that has been done within the framework policy. Very well, I know the fellow owners have already mentioned the overnight piece, and I want to still amplify more around that, and that is we're preparing to go to $4 billion. There's no doubt of that. We're at $3.99 billion now. Where do we go from there? So from there, what are the next steps once we hit the $4 billion? Sure. So the investment committee uh, usually meets on a quarterly basis, so our fourth uh, quarter uh, meeting will be coming up. We've discussed we'll have hit that $4 billion so it's a good question, what next? And I think the investment committee, our options obviously will be to either base lower or, or keep the same, the overnight target, and for that discussion that we'll have and the ultimate decision rests on a number of factors, including what is the liquidity need? So we identified 4 billion as a target, given current CAMELS data, other trends that we see, does that still make sense or should it be adjusted in some direction? How are the institutions, the credit unions doing? What's the cost of liquidity versus investments and where we may be making a trade-off and what's the value, monetary value, that trade-off between investing longer term, keeping overnight and looking at the upcoming maturities as well and, and the unrealized losses in the portfolio. I think all those are relevant factors in the discussion of the plan and I look forward to updating the board. Board member Rodney, talking to the CFO, Basically saying, okay, we wanted to build up a war chest of cash. We're pennies away from having $4 billion. What next? Do we need to make a new policy? Do we need to decide? 
And the CFO says, we're going to take a look at it. The investment committee will take a look at it and weigh all the things that he just mentioned, including camel ratings. So if NCWay comes back in the next quarter and says, we need to build up more cash, that means they're expecting there to be more problems and more cash needs. I'm going to predict that they don't do that. I'm going to predict that they set this $4 billion aside cash or the goal of building towards $4 billion because last year there was the bigger fear of there being a recession. Now there's talks of a soft landing. And despite all the warnings that are being made and these warnings need to be made, I believe that when we get out to that next quarter, NCUA is going to say, yep, you know what, $4 billion is enough. We're just going to keep the $4 billion and we're going to start rebuilding our investment ladder because they build out an investment ladder. They're, there's a safety first, liquidity, and lastly, yield. They want to start building that ladder so they can take advantage of where rates are right now and go a little bit longer so that when rates, if and when rates do go down, they've capitalized on that for the insurance fund. But I bet dollars to donuts that they will not hoard more cash than the $4 billion. All right, back to Chairman, or excuse me, former Chairman Rodney Hood, back to current board member Rodney Hood. My final question, if we could please turn to slide 10. I know we've discussed this somewhat. What is causing um, some of the significant factors here with some of the declines? Is it minimum interest rate? I don't want to say here, but it's clarity risk. And then the other, other things that are driving the increase in camels. Sure, so I'd say it's, it's a range of factors based on stuff from you know, camel downgrades, interest rates, and liquidity risks were often cited as primary drivers for the downgrades. Also, concerns noted in other factors uh, such as risk management, uh, audits, accounting, information security, and credit risk. So, key primary drivers that you noted. Essentially, quite a variety of issues as well that are contributing to that uh, trend. But thank you. I just ask and encourage our creditors to remain vigilant in balance sheet management, looking at duration risk, looking at all the factors that we laid out as a board and as an agency when we list, uh, listed the supervisory priorities for the year. So I ask that you all may remain mindful of those as we navigate. Uh, the headwinds that exist. All right, there you have board member Rodney Hood asking the CFO what's contributing to these camel downgrades. Mentioned interest rate risk, mentioned liquidity risk, men mentioned risk management or the lack thereof, mentioned audits. So they are finding, so some of those large credit unions had problems with their audits and accounting. NCUA, by the way, has zero tolerance on accounting issues. So the way the, the exam program works, if you're a code three, they come back every six months. If you're a code four, you see them every quarter. However, regardless of code, if you have what they call serious and persistent record keeping problems, they will be there every 90 days. Now, you so theoretically, you could be a code three with serious and persistent record keeping problems, which kind of puts you in the code four follow-up status, which is that 90 day, 90 day setup. But it's interesting to me, they mentioned audits, they mentioned accounting, and they mentioned information security, and they mentioned credit risk. But the audit and accounting part, uh, that's, that's credit unions 101. So that's interesting. That's contributed to some large credit unions becoming a code three. Oftentimes that will lead to code fours. Uh, there was a reference to code fours going up, but it was negligible. 
Uh, it was only in the $100 million to $500 million category and in the under $100 million category, which went up from 115 to 121. So the smaller credit unions had an increase in the code fours. The small credit unions actually had a reduction in the code threes. So again, and, and board member Hood saying uh, you need to be diligent shows the general tone from the board. So there's a little bit of concern about what's going on Camel Code wise. They're wanting to make sure credit unions are, are dealing with their risks and uh, they outline the specific risks. But in summary, another quarter where code threes have gone up, another quarter where large code threes have gone up, that's consistent with what I'm seeing. Uh, you need to um, double down on your sensitivity, um, paperwork and analysis, liquidity. They're, they're coming at credit unions very hard in that arena, whether it's document resolutions or examiner findings. Most credit unions are not coming away unscathed on that. And you need to, you need to look at what NCUA is asking you to do and decide if it makes sense. And if it does, maybe get a little wiggle room on the the due dates that they ask for, because oftentimes they come in asking for mountains to be moved in time periods that it that those mountains can't actually be moved. All right. So again, camel codes up. More to come on the other items from the board meeting. They're worried about safety and soundness. They're worried about insurance losses. But I think while camel code downgrades may increase, I don't think they're going to be building more cash. And I always enjoy uh, talking about camel codes and where they're going. I expect that they'll still go up. All right, this is Mark Trichel signing off with Flying Colors. Thank you for joining us on this episode of With Flying Colors. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app to hear future episodes where subject matter experts of all varieties will provide tips on how to achieve success with NCUA. If you would like to learn more about how we assist credit unions, check out our services at marktrichel.com. 